Chapter 6 Finally, after a few restless hours with the lights turning on and off as Dan rose from the bed repeatedly to inch back the shade and glance out into the parking lot, startled by some random noise or another, after his shaking legs had lifted him up for good and now just sat awkwardly upright in the corner armchair, eyes open, hands fidgeting at the window ledge. Now that Laura was in bed and asleep, Dan just watched her with an emotionless stare, not moving in the slightest as she wrestled herself into a dream. If anything, the whites of Dan's eyes as they floated in a crack of moonlight next to the window emoted only a disturbing, hidden anger. Now, by the thin strip of light projected onto the wall, Dan's jaw contorted uncomfortably and his knee twitched. He brought a hand to his face, then his fingers sprained themselves from his temple to the bridge of his nose, clawing at his skull like a pair of insect limbs. Once the stiffness of his shoulders had overtaken him with pain, his teeth pushed between his lips, and an upset smile glowed there by the light as well. It wasn't uncommon for Dan to get really, really angry during moments when he knew no one was watching. There was this backstock, this molded and piling storage from various times in his memory that was rotting in a corner of his head. The few people who'd seen him get upset stressed how unhealthy it was to suppress and bottle up anger like this. But to Dan, those people had never experienced the strength that comes from getting in touch with the stacks of issues once you're alone to stew them over. Slowly turn their dusty pages and faded pictures. Let them boil and boil until the rage has you standing eight feet tall with arms the size of trees, beating at your thoughts, crushing them, tearing them apart. It was as satisfying as firing a gun or kicking a cat. Dan didn't like anyone to see him get upset. If they did, they'd say he had issues or that he really needed to talk to someone about that. This last one had always been Dan's favorite, proving his theory every time. The phrase, you really need to talk to someone about that, said to him that the person directing the suggestion wasn't the least bit interested in helping him solve anything. Just like an underpaid guidance counselor deflecting the issue and its solution onto a faceless entity standing somewhere in the future, making it clearly what it had been all along, just his own problem. The streak of light would waver as a semi-truck would pass on the highway just outside the window, rolling by at a high speed with a metallic gurgle and the ghost-like dragging of chains. 
Dan couldn't sleep because of his awareness of the other men in this motel. All the road construction that had forced them here had ruined their entire day and brought tears of starvation to his girlfriend's eyes. All of that construction's lazy-assed, grease-fingered laborers were all here among them, filling every room but theirs, and not paying a dime for it. These men were staying in the comfort of a bed it had taken Dan and Laura an entire day and night to discover and then pay almost $200 to rent for less than 10 hours. The non-negotiable 9 a.m. checkout had brought an exhausted and helpless look to Laura's face as Dan paid out another large chunk of his checking account in desperation to make this trip in any way worth it. The checkout time was a large part due to these construction workers whose shift changes made the rotation of rooms mandatory. These stupid, uneducated fuckers that were out there somewhere pretending to work would be arriving just before 10. And the ones who had long days of standing in place with their hands on their hips and squinting at the slow-moving lines of traffic, well, they had to be at work bright and early, by God. The lady at the desk had even stressed just how lucky Dan and Laura had been to get the one room that was actually available, only because of a last-minute cancellation from the foreman of the crew. Someone had apparently called in sick. Dan sat in the darkness of the room, hoping that this sickness the lady spoke of would take the man over in the night and end his life. That somewhere one of these fuckers would just die in their sleep. He kept the blind drawn because their room was just above the ground level, and the parking lot outside their window was filled with several of these construction workers who continued to chain smoke and yell mockeries like, what did you say to me, faggot, at each other. Two of them were even throwing a football over the hood of Laura's station wagon. Every few seconds, Dan would peek outside to make sure none of them sat on her car. If they did, he was going to go out there with the complimentary iron from the entry closet and break someone's face open with it. All the men were being really loud. Some were even in the hallway outside their door. Down the hall, rooms hung open to where stereos and TVs blasted the newest and shittiest country music. It reminded Dan of the dorm rooms he had never lived in but only regrettably had to visit while still in high school. When Dan and Laura first got to the motel, the woman at the front desk had insisted there was absolutely no smoking in the room. So Laura and Dan had drugged most of their things from the car and into the room to shower before Laura had begged him to take her to have a cigarette. He wanted to tell her to just smoke in the room, but several signs placed on the walls threatened a fine that would empty his bank account entirely and result in Dan having to ask Laura 
to front the bill for the rest of the trip, adding yet another frustration to his stack of worries. So it was Dan that suggested Laura go out front and smoke next to the car. He would even go with her to keep her company. She didn't want to because she was tired of wearing pants and shoes, but she watched Dan quietly read the plaques that said, No Smoking, $500 Fine, with a slight amount of pity in her eyes. Dan refused to understand certain things, and also had a hard time ignoring others. Brief moments when seeing him like this made Laura wonder why she even loved him at all. But she'd slid back on her sweat-soaked jeans and double-checked the room keys with him before stomping back out into the parking lot to have a relaxing smoke. But out in the lot, these red-necked inbreds circled her like caged tigers, eyeing her without the slightest regard for Dan. A couple of the men had even gotten in a few catcalls, but Laura hadn't looked up or responded to any of them. She was so much stronger than Dan, finishing her entire cigarette while just looking up at the sky and ignoring them. Dan hadn't said anything either. There were at least twelve of them, and he pictured himself being beaten and held down while they carted Laura off above him like some sacrifice to their idiot lord all their greasy hands touching her and worse. So Dan hadn't said a thing. He'd just taken it while impatiently watching the cherry on Laura's cigarette lazily move backward. But once back in the room, a few of the men had even knocked on their door. But that had ended too. And now, finally, Laura was asleep. Dan put two fingers to the window shade and watched as one of the men removed his dick and pissed in a long stream right next to Laura's car. His anger spun wildly out from his eyes. He felt like killing all of them. Every person in the hotel. Even the girl behind the counter. But with a deep breath, he lifted himself from the chair and made his first of many horrible mistakes. He walked over to the cooler and removed one of the bottles of beer. 